From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hello and welcome to State of the Nation. We're broadcasting live on today's News Talk TNT. I'm Brian McLean. Some people call me Hesher. I'm joined by Steve Hook off the Jersey Shore. Steve, welcome to State of the Nation. Happy Monday. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. And uh, another big week on State of the Nation. And um, it's going to be a good one, I think. Good to be Absolutely. With you, yeah, it's President's Day. So all you teachers are watching us today live. That's awesome. Welcome to State of the Nation. Great to have you. And uh, happy day off. Now, as a reminder, last December, <laughs> Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st. That's tomorrow and the next day at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. Also, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be at the Rio Cinemas on Sunday, the 18th of February. Well, I guess that was yesterday. So yesterday we had the premiere. I hope that went well. Uh, there was a great panel discussion and Q&A scheduled to go with it. So, uh, you know, now you can just web search to find The Trust Fall, Julian Assange at wherever it is going to be premiering on the web or in your local location. So TNT, lighting that fuse for freedom. Now, uh, Steve, I want to talk about Mar-a-Lago for a minute, and I got to give a shout out to uh, the redheaded libertarian here because she did a great breakdown on her ex account about Mar-a-Lago. So check this out. Um, agents of the state claim Mar-a-Lago was worth 18 million, right? You've uh, elucidated this many times on the show, Steve, but Mar-a-Lago yeah. was built for $7 million a hundred years ago i didn't know that i didn't know how old this place was that's pretty neat uh which and that equivalent is 122 million today so right there you've got a big problem but since then it's been updated maintained and appreciated so appreciation factors being location supply and demand condition updates etc appraisers often use cost comparison to appraise properties well what might that be? A five-bedroom, six-bathroom, 13,000-foot oceanfront home in Palm Beach Gardens recently sold for $20 million. 2.4 acres of oceanfront property in Palm Beach Gardens sold for $18.5 million. Mar-a-Lago has 58 bedrooms, 33 <laughs> bathrooms. It's 62,000. It's more than 62,000 square feet. And it's on 17 acres of land. <laughs> so she goes on to close by saying the furniture alone is worth more than 18 million. I really liked that breakdown that she did there, Steve. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just absolutely absurd. And this is, the, I mean, you know, we've joked in the past, not only on this show, but I mean, it's been kind of a talking point for the past couple of years, TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. This ruling absolutely exemplifies what TDS is all about. Um, because anybody, I mean, you don't have to be a real estate expert uh, to understand how much 17 acres of land, forget the forget the actual house, forget yeah. all the, the ornate pool and everything that goes with it. Forget all of that. 
just the property alone, 17 acres on the beach in West Palm Beach, and they're going to say 18 million. That was a joke. But where the TDS comes in is the reaction that the Trump haters are having to this. Uh, they know it's a BS uh you know, charge. They know this whole civil trial in New York was crap. It was all about getting Trump. And yet they still cheer it on. That is Trump derangement syndrome uh, in a nutshell right there. It's absurd. Yeah, it really is. And speaking of Trump derangement syndrome, did you see what the Lincoln Project put out? They put out an anti-Donald Trump video featuring an AI-created version of Donald Trump's father, Fred Trump. So um, I have never seen anything quite like this, Steve. I mean, wow. So they, they essentially resurrected Donald Trump's father using artificial intelligence to create a video and then scripted him to basically route and and just you know trash donald trump uh wow man that is absolutely insane and i also noticed this week that they're looking at making legislation to make something like this illegal so isn't that interesting those both come out at the same time yeah well i saw it i mean yeah it's ai it's fundamental rudimentary ai at best the the funny thing is is the people that the lincoln project is trying to appeal to probably believe it's real <laughs> even though <laughs> even though uh, uh Trump senior has been dead for decades now but it, and by the way it should be noted that Fred Trump was very proud of Donald Trump so uh just on its face it it's it's a bs ai experiment but here's you know this is this is a team that's playing with no cheerleaders nobody gives a rip about the the Lincoln project nobody on the left cares about him other than the damage that they feel they can do to Trump because they're never going to embrace those guys and no and everybody on the right thinks they're just a bunch of morons which they are I mean at least Kellyanne Conway had the had the uh sense to divorce George Conway he's one of the leaders of that uh just hateful vindictive nobody listens to us anymore posse over there at the Lincoln Project it's a joke yeah, yeah, it really is. And then you start looking into the people that run the Lincoln Project and some of the comments that are under their tweet with that video. And oh boy, is it spicy. And I believe that one of these guys from the Lincoln Project, one Rick Wilson, uh, made a comment, an off comment about Trump needing to be shot at one point. So that's yeah, the type. Yeah, of Rick Wilson's a that. real, 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 real piece of work that guy is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Worth looking into. Okay, TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one is doing what we do over here, crisscrossing the globe, globe providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. And in just two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. Absolutely. And there's me also. Uh, it's a critical time and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. And we're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission at today's news talk. 
It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, so Steve, I got I to gotta bring this up. You know, um, the Kansas City mayor accused the governor of racial dog whistling for calling the Super Bowl parade shooters thugs, which, uh, you know, is somewhat uninteresting to me. Uh, you expect these sort of quips about this. But what is interesting is that we're not seeing fast arrests. We're not seeing accurate reporting or hardly any reporting on who the shooters were. And Ann Coulter appeared on Bill Maher's show, and she pointed that out, and she made a very salacious comment to some, and she said, well, if they would have been white men, we'd know all about it. And, you know, Bill Maher, comedian, not a news guy, clearly, uh, tried to skirt around that and say, oh, well, I guess you have, a, you know, secret powers. I guess you can see the future, you know, something like this. So, um but, you know, I got to point out, I think she might be right. And I'll use two examples here. Um, if we go back to 2023, July 4th, yeah, uh, there was this headline. Uh, uh, 4th of July mass shooting leaves 20 dead and 126 injured. Remember that one? Probably not, because it suffered the same effect as this story. 20 people killed, uh, no, yeah, 22 killed, and uh, no, 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 it's, 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 these numbers are insane. 20 dead, 126 injured, Steve. Um, yeah. And, you know, there were kids among that. Um, and this was a sort of, I don't even know if you can call it gang violence, um, but, and there was another one, if we go back to 2022, uh, six dead and 30 hurt in shooting in Chicago area, 4th of July parade. Um, you know, I could go into the details of these events, Steve. They're absolutely shocking and they're sad. But isn't it funny how those don't become the giant, in, and they were all African-American shooters, all in big groups of partying people, partying super hard in sketchy neighborhoods, uh, all illegally carrying firearms, none of which are trained to use them, all who pull them out, probably in Chicago with Glock um, automatic switches on them, an illegal upgrade to an illegal purchase in the first place, an illegal possession, and an illegal use of the firearm. Uh, so I had to point that out because I think this is uh, something that happens in our media that we should be aware of. Yeah, well, what happens in the media is they decide on a narrative. Uh, well, first they decide on the agenda, and then they decide how they can uh, mold a narrative to push the agenda. In this case, the agenda is disarming all Americans. So the narrative is mass shootings uh, are, 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 are a massive problem, and therefore any time a mass shooting can be used to, to move the, the, the narrative needle in order to further the agenda, they're going to do it. And when, on the other hand, when those uh, shootings go against the narrative, and and rather underscore the importance of maybe I need to be uh, packing so I can have some form of self-defense. Well, then those stories are pushed to the bottom. And they do it all the time. And it's not just with shootings, but that's a very good example of it. Uh, they do it with shootings. And for this guy to say that calling people thugs that shot into an innocent crowd is somehow a racial, a racial dog whistle well, that brings up a whole slew of questions. Why would it? Why would it immediately bring up thoughts of uh, of, of of racism?
Why would it? I mean, maybe, maybe there's a problem with even having to ask that question. Um, but they don't want to address that issue. That's one they yeah. don't want to touch. Yeah, absolutely. And in that second example I gave, just you know, throwing this out there, that shooter was on a rooftop, okay? That was someone extremely premeditated, you know what I mean? Like a more classic um, factual example of a mass random shooter. Um, and, and you would think that would get the sort of attention that, I don't know, other events have gotten in the past, but no. And you look at the cultural and racial background of some of the people in these stories that don't get covered, and it really makes you wonder. Same with the trans shooter, you know, uh, that that um, uh, manifesto finally, you know, was leaked. And sure enough, it was exactly what everybody um, said it was probably going to be and hardly a peep in the mainstream. Well, exactly. Uh, they buried it. I mean, they, 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 the, the, the manifesto, which the, the irony of that, Hesh, was that they were initially talking about the manifesto, the manifesto. There's a man, surely there's a manifesto. As soon as they found out it's a trans shooter, a former student, longtime had had left that school years earlier, but had gone through a transition. Then all of a sudden, uh, the, the 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 you know then then the, then the whole thing didn't the diary didn't matter the manifesto didn't matter and uh, time to move on. Yeah, just another example. And speaking of nutty leftist Ash, I want to bring <laughs> this one up. Now this is I know we're taking a far left turn, but I mean after all that's what we do here. We got to talk about what uh, uh, what's happening in the world, and I must say. Uh, that President Biden has a real problem on his hands. He has a real problem on his hands, uh, not you know, notwithstanding the obvious that he sucks as a president and he's not really mentally capable of doing the job, but he has a problem with the, on his hand with his base. You've got Rashida Tlaib calling out Muslim Americans and saying, don't vote for him. Okay, so you've got, that's one problem, especially in a swing state like Michigan. And then you've got the far left climate brigade that is saying, we shouldn't vote for him because he's not doing enough to save the planet. And young climate activists, and we've seen this all over Europe, where they're just really taking over and, and, and destroying, well, not destroying, but at least attempting to destroy artwork, gluing themselves to the streets. Well, get this, young climate activists are criticizing Pre President Biden's re-election campaign ahead of the 24 election, uh, says er Eric Pika, who is uh, from the... Uh, president of Friends of Earth Action. I'm worried about getting climate activists back. Pika said that Biden's campaign needs to speak directly to activists who doubt the candidate, uh, the candidate's dedication to the environmental issues. I think that that's something that the campaign has to answer for. Uh, a spokesman for climate change activist group Sunrise told Politico, young people have to set the bar for what's going to take uh, take to turn our generation and mobilize young people. What do they want, Hesh, you may ask? A complete, complete eradication of any kind of far, uh, fossil or carbon fuels as a promise from a president going forward. These people don't even know what they're asking for. They would ask for their own destruction, really. And yet that's what they're doing. And this is why Biden bends to this. Um, I don't know, man. I think, I think Biden's got a world of hurt coming his way because these... These young radical climate activists that know nothing of the science uh, of it, but have been brainwashed after years and years of this crap being poured into their brains full of mush, 
they're turning against Joe. Muslim Americans are turning against Joe. Charlemagne the God came out today and said he ought to just keep his mouth shut and let Kamala Harris do the talking. God almighty, <laughs> how desperate must you be? But but there you are. So that's what we have to look forward to in the coming weeks and months as we stare down the barrel of a of an election. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got to love it, man. I saw I saw some uh, climate idiots uh, vandalizing um, the Constitution or Bill of Rights or something like that uh, since we were on air last. And it's just like, what are you doing? I mean, it's, it is funny to watch the their own radicalized youth, um, you know, turning on yeah. them at this point because they created that. They absolutely created that. And the oh, it's, it's definitely is, Frankenstein's monster turning on yeah. the on on fr the Frankenstein party. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I can't speak to Friends of Earth Action or Sunrise without a little bit of research, but I do know that um, uh, Extinction Rebellion and Just Stop Oil, those are organizations that are radicalizing youth and they're funded by, you know, government NGOs, government funded NGOs with contracts and Fortune 100 NGOs. So it's like they're still shooting themselves in the foot with this. Uh, just I, I don't know why, I guess to cause chaos or something like that. But uh, we'll keep an eye on this one. It's going to be very interesting to watch this develop. Uh, Mark Morano has a lot to say about it. We love Mark Morano's show here at TNT. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with our guest. We're going to have a great conversation with Jason Greer right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. That was a man called John Watt, who I have met, um, vaccine injured. Um, he is, by the way, can I just say, for anyone watching, and, and we've on Twitter, honestly, what makes my blood boil is the people that say, oh, he's an anti-vaxxer. He had the bloody vaccines. I, it's, it's, that's just bizarre, that saying that, you you know, you, 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 you hate chocolate and you literally you're caught with your, your, your mouth full of, uh, you know, just chocolate coming out of your mouth. It's just absurd. Um, so he, by the way, is, is the tip of the iceberg. There's a wonderful man called Alec, Alex Mitchell, also up in Scotland, um, who has had his leg amputated um, as a result of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Let me tell you, everyone, that in the UK, I mean, we're talking, I, I don't even know the numbers, but a huge amount of numbers um, for the, uh, uh, that have been injured uh, and affected by these COVID-19 vaccines. They should never have been rolled out and they should have been stopped immediately uh, when there was, uh, you know, when there were hints that there were things going wrong. Abby Roberts on TNT. government is proposing a law known as the hate speech bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Well, get this. Actors at Disneyland who perform as Mickey and Minnie Mouse, yes, believe it or not, those are actual actors in those costumes. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there you are. These, uh, these as, other, as well as other character actors at the California theme park, are threatening to form a union. Joining us now to break all of this down is employee relations expert and best-selling author, first time on the program, I think, Jason Greer. Hello, Jason. How are you? It's it's good to see you. Um, okay, you. Disneyland. So has has Goofy signed off on this? I mean, where, where, <laughs> where are we? What's going on with this Disneyland? Uh, the characters are threatening to unionize. What's the story here? You know, let me say this just right off the top of the bat. I know that everyone talks about the doom and gloom of society. My litmus test comes down to one simple fact. Does Mickey Mouse need a union? In this particular case, it looks like Mickey wants to unionize as well as the other characters. So here's what's essentially going on is that um, you have over 1,700 uh, character actors. And like you said, these are folks who are actually dress up as Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and all the other characters are essentially saying, we're tired. We need more money. We deserve better respect, and essentially, we want what the unionized employees have. So Disney, as a corporation, is in that what we call a mixed bag, because on one hand, they want to keep as many folks as possible uh, non-union, but on the other side, they've given so many benefits to the unionized employees. Why wouldn't the non-union employees want to be, join the union? Yeah, yeah. and as as actors, I mean, are they, are these the sort of actors, are they not in the Screen Actors Guild? Are there any other associations that some of these, um, these employees have that may cover this? Or is Disney sort of in their own legal bubble when it comes to unionizing and screen actors? Yeah, great question. I'm sure that, you know, for these actors, and that's what they are, folks, they are actors. And I've never had the opportunity to you know, be inside one of those costumes longer than maybe one hour. And that was just to do something for my daughter's birthday party and almost out of a heat stroke. <laughs> so let alone to have, you know, to be in those outfits for 17 hours a day, trying to interact with thousands of people per day, it's got to be suffocating. It's got to be a lot, but these are actors. So I'm sure that this is not their only hustle. It's not their only job. They probably work um, other jobs where they are part of unions. So unionizing and being part of a union is already in their DNA. So it just makes sense that they would seek to do so here as well. You know, Jason, the thing that I have so many questions about this because yeah. it, it begs so many questions. First of all, is Florida Mickey and Florida Minnie in on this racket? Or they want to join in too? Or is this strictly <laughs> California Mickey and Minnie? But, but, but seriously, you've got some sure. of these character actors that play these roles. I mean, the, the ones that have the easiest gig are, are are like Snow White. She just puts on a dress and a wig. Prince Charming, sure. same story. Um, but you're right. They interact. And if Disney is giving carte blanche treatment to the people that do the song and dance numbers on the stages and yet are trying to short shrift the guy putting on the Mickey hat or uh, the Mickey head and walking around, I understand it. It's kind of It's kind of a bed that Disney made, though, right? And now it looks like Mickey and Minnie are forcing them to lie in it. Well, absolutely. You know, I make this statement over and over again to the point where I sound like a broken record. This is the information age. These actors are not dumb. They see the sheer number of people, customers who are coming to Disney World, Disneyland, and all the other theme parks around that area, right, within the Disney family. 
they're doing their mental math and they know Disney's making money hand over foot, but they also know that Disney's making money based on their efforts. So from the perspective of these actors, and I keep going back to the term actor because that's what they are, these folks want to get paid. And even, you know, granted, you have Snow White who might not have to put on the, the big costume like uh, Mickey does. But that doesn't mean that Snow White's not wondering how in the heck am I going to pay my mortgage? How yeah, in the heck am yeah. I going to afford my rent? I mean, when you look at the cost of living in California by itself, if this is happening in California, I think the average rent is about $3,300. And that's not entitling you to a sweet bachelor pad. That's a little that's a little box apartment. So these are folks who are simply saying, if we're going to give our blood, sweat, and tears to you, make sure you pay us. Make sure you protect us. Because I think that's what this ultimately comes down to is that people want protection. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and I think it's pretty well known at this point that Disney's having a hard time bringing in the crowds that they used to bring in pre-COVID right. and pre, you know, where we're at with uh with Star Wars and Marvel universes and there's um there's been a big backlash, you know. They've had to face <laughs> they've had to face uh, you know, Rick over there in in Florida and there's change-ups <laughs> happening on in the boardroom. There's a new member sure. in the boardroom who's bought a whole bunch of stock and all of a sudden has a, uh, you know, the amount of stock that has, we should have him sitting in the boardroom with two seats or so. And they've kind of been blocking his ability to get in the boardroom. Uh, Corey Drayton was on talking to us about that recently. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts about this uh, with all the backlash. Um, but we have a headline we're going to take, but when we come back from the headline, we'll pick up right there. I want to kind of get your thoughts on how that plays into this or if it plays into it. Maybe all this cultural and, and political stuff is completely an aside. So we'll be, we'll be uh, interested to get your take on that after this brief headline with today's News Talk, TNT. Good news, people. Now, TNT Radio News. Here is your headline. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Following the death of Alexei Navalny, President Vladimir Putin's most formidable opponent, more than 400 people have been detained across 32 Russian cities. The Israeli military conducted targeted raids at the Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus in the southern Gaza Strip on February 17th, arresting 100 suspected Hamas terrorists. Ukrainian MP Alexei Goncharenko has stated that without full NATO membership, Ukraine should consider developing or obtaining nuclear weapons as its only option for survival. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. We're with best-selling author Jason Greer. By the way, you can pick up his book at Amazon. It's number one best-selling book. It's called People Matter Most, and we definitely recommend you pick it up. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to add it to my cart now that we've spoken. I'm really enjoying this. Now, what do you think about the whole uh, political culture war aspect, degradation of uh, loved, beloved properties and this kind of thing, you know, the, the whole Gina Carano? There's a lot of people out there now, especially conservative-minded people, who say, you know, F Disney, I'm not taking my kids there. There's even people that take very extreme viewpoints, like their content is is grooming children. You know, I've seen that talking point a lot. What do you think about all that? Does that play into this at all? Or is this just culture wars that we should block out and think about people's rights to work and, you know, rights to be compensated properly? I think it's it's all, it all plays into it. You know, I'm, man, I'm 50 years old, just turned 50 last Tuesday. And I'm going to tell you that when I hear people talking about 
uh, parents talking about Disney as grooming their children through the content. I'm like, wait a minute. Where were you suckers when Disney was putting out some of the most racist stuff that was disenfranchising people who look like me? I'm African-American for folks who can't see me, right? I didn't, he I didn't hear y'all taken to the streets, right? We're picking signs talking about what about these poor black children? So I don't have a lot of sympathy for folks when they say that Disney supposedly is grooming children because I just don't see any evidence of it. The reality is this. We live in a day and age in which we are so afraid to have crucial, crucial and critical conversations. And we need to get to a point, it's just like Martin Luther King said, where we can agree peacefully, we can disagree peacefully. The bottom line is this, I know that Rick DeSantis is going after Disney and I'm sure that's a topic for another conversation. But at the same time, Disney can't get over the fact that they their stock is down, their Marvel movies are just not producing at the volume that they produced in the past, Star Wars is sort of a stall property. You know, these IPs that they spent billions of dollars to acquire are producing, but not producing at the level that they were hoping they were going to do. So unions, if unions are anything, they're opportunistic and they know that they have Disney right where they need them right now. And that's why they're coming after them. Yeah. You know, Jason, I understand your perspective completely when it comes to Disney. Uh, and and some and for that matter, we could go back to you know some of the old Looney Tune characters too. They were oh, yes. perpetuating all kinds of stereotypes, and they were even used for for propaganda purposes. You see some of the Bugs Bunny spots and see how Japanese and Germans are portrayed, and you see this is part of the DNA of animation and this whole entertainment world. We get that. The thing is, Absolutely. though, Disney Disney seems to have kind of decided. We are decidedly in a camp, and we're going to move towards this camp. Hesh just mentioned Gina Carano. She was fired because she badmouthed mandating a vaccine, and they fired her without even with no cause. That was it. And yet, her co-star in that show has been, if anything, he's been openly anti-Semitic and openly anti-conservative, uh, and yet he gets no backlash. The the no, latest director for the Go ahead. No, who is the actor? Uh, what is that? Pablo? I know Gina uh, uh, the Mandalorian uh, guy. The Mandalorian. Oh, I, didn't, guy. I didn't know the Mandalorian. I didn't know he yeah, had such yeah. extreme views. Yeah, okay. he, yeah he, well, he, he did some they would be considered extreme. I consider them all nonsense. I don't give a rip what any actor says. Right. I, it doesn't mean anything to me. But I'm just saying this is where the backlash comes from. The, the latest yeah. director for the new Star Wars flick says... We're going after the whole, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but she was basically mm -hmm. like, we're going to make conservatives and male Star Wars fans very uncomfortable, and we're going to do it intentionally. So people are right. reacting to this. I agree with you 100%, though. Unions are very, they're not stupid. They figured it out. And if these guys and gals that are working in uh, as, as character actors in the theme parks are getting the short end of the stick, well, then more power to them going after Disney. And uh, because, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you if you feel like you're being abused? And by the way, just as an aside, I've worn one of those mascot costumes, too, because I've worked in radio a long time. I did it just as a joke for a St. Patrick's Day parade. I was in it for 10 minutes and said, get me out of this stinking, sweaty yes. foam head. And <laughs> Yes. I, I wanted no part of it. But that said, I did. I wasn't an opportunity to unionize either because we only had one mascot and I was it for one day. Never, did, never did it again. Um, so I so what I'm saying, I guess, is I get the people, the actors who want to form this union. I get that. But certainly you can understand why Disney as a brand 
has kind of taken it on the chin because they've they've made a very conscientious effort to stake out a, a side in this. And that's a side that is kind of against a lot of Disney's supporters, families and stuff. They don't want to go to Disneyland and see a gay pride parade shoved down their face. Uh, and and, and not, not, not that I have an issue with that, but I'm just saying this is when sure. you start doing that, you take people off, no? Well, I think part of the challenge for Disney is the people who actually support Disney stance and, you know, that stance could be considered to be a liberal stance are people who generally are not going to chase the headlines. They're not people who are going to be on social media talking about why Disney is so great because they are championing the rights of minorities, of women, of members of the LGBTQ plus community. They just show up, right? Versus on the other side, you have folks who might be more right-leaning, might be more conservative in their viewpoints, and these are the folks who typically are more vocal in terms of their anti-whatever-it-is stance that they're taking on. I think that Disney finds itself in a very peculiar position of, you're a theme park. You provide entertainment in the form of movies, in the form of television, in the form of rides, in the form of these characters. And the moment that you start to tip into that whole social justice dynamic, which, look, I'm a big champion for it. I say go for it, Disney. Just understand there's going to be a lot of blowback when you do it because um, you use the example of the Mandalorian. Uh, is it Pablo? I can't remember his name. It's Pedro, Pedro Pascal is his name. And his X account yeah. is interesting. I think if we're really a free, sp I don't mean to interrupt you, please don't forget where you were, but I just sure, want to say briefly, if we Absolutely. really are a, a country of free speech, he should be able to say whatever he wants to say. And so should Gina Carano. You know, I think that's the thing that ticked a lot of people off. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. And I'm saying this as someone who loves Star Wars. In fact, I love Star Wars so much. I'll make the argument that Star Wars is producing better tv content than they produced the movies right within the, at least these past three movies right um i like gina carano's character and i hated the fact that she got terminated i just sort of wish that we could see these folks for the characters they play and allow them to play the characters because carl weathers god bless his soul who unfortunately died um three weeks ago you know apparently he was behind the scenes actually championing for uh, gina carano to come back because you're talking about a very proud African-American man who simply said she has her views. I have my views. Disney, you have your views. But she makes a hell of a character, so let her come back and play it. I just really yeah. wish we would get back to the point of recognizing Disney is in the business of fun. And right now, this crap is no fun. I think yeah. that's about yeah. as well said as it can be said right there. I mean, you know, it's it's like when I go to a concert and all of a sudden I'm getting a lecture from like, good God, man, I paid a lot for these tickets. I don't even care if you're on my side of the political aisle or not. I didn't come here to hear your politics. Right. Um, so I think that's well said. Anyway, yeah, um, you know, if, if, if you're my, if I'm just going to say just one point. You know, I saw this wonderful documentary on James Brown, and this is, um, I believe, is right after Martin Luther King was, was uh, assassinated. I think that I think that's the timeline. And they talk about how James Brown put on this concert that essentially unified Boston and unified that area because had he not put on this concert, then people would have been on the streets rioting and protesting. I think there is power in music. I think there's power in entertainment. I think that some entertainers have powerful voices. The problem is it's become through the power of social media and through the power of the internet, everybody's voice is being hit at once and everybody's jockeying in order to be heard with no central message of 
let's keep the peace to the best of our ability to keep the peace. And I think that's some of the frustration that I have with everything that's going on today. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Jason. You know, we, we live in an age of influencers and ambassadors and, and, you know, if you want to be someone on the internet and in the media, you need attention. And that just requires this constant output. And I really miss the old days of my favorite actors and musicians being an enigma to me, you know, like just reading the album sleeves yes. and the books and the interviews. And then that's all I have about them, you know, but the big thing I have is their performance, their art, their concert, you know, their films, whatever, their cartoons. So um, this is a really interesting conversation. I'm really glad you were able to join us today. We know you're really busy out there. Um, so at labor diversity on x.com is where you follow Jason. And again, people matter most available at fine booksellers. And of course, amazon.com. Jason Greer, thank you so much for joining us here at State of the Nation. We hope you'll come back and visit us again real soon. We'd love to. Y'all were so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. Likewise, we appreciate you. Jason Greer right here on State of the Nation. Today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week when Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late-term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go. What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected wants to be able to wants want women to be able to make those deeply deeply personal decisions on their bodies on their own not politicians that's what majority of americans want to see and so the president's going to stand with majority of americans on this issue those unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not going to get into that specific. I'm not going to get into that question. Rights for unborn babies? What are you mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup, May of last year. Only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%. A majority, 64%, say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Karine Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Well, this week is going to have a tough time competing with last week as far as crazy news goes. After all, last week we witnessed an unhinged Fulton County DA meltdown on the stand in Atlanta. And if Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade's show wasn't enough, we also saw the most blatantly political civil case in which another power-hungry DA and hard-left judge delivered the most egregious ruling against Donald Trump and his business dealings in New York City history. <laughs> now, though, we have to ponder the boomerang blowback effect that both of these cases will have 
on a nation as we prepare for 2024's election um, on the immediate horizon. It's going to come up fast. I, d- I don't know that we can make sense of any of this madness, but joining us to attempt is our friend Lionel. <laughs> Lionel, where do we even begin? What do we uh, last week, yeah, we're going <laughs> to attempt, but last week was hectic, but uh, this seems to just be getting crazier. Now I'm seeing truckers saying they don't want to come to New York because of what happened in New York. Well, you know what? We'll see. Uh, New York, by the way, is a uh, is not a Trump city, so you know th- this will look. It sounds good, and everything, and I appreciate it. I like the sentiment, but please, please let me let me uh, remind folks that I am, by the way, on YouTube at Lionel Nation. Just want to let you know that's the only thing I asked for before. You know the Chirons, everything. Just Lionel Nation on YouTube. You know, you you do it. You email him. It just you know, it, it, whatever. You could send a <laughs> ransom note. Nobody would ever notice it. You know, I'm I've got your children hostage. Okay, thanks. Did you read my email? Yeah, sure. No, you didn't. In any event, don't get me started. <laughs> Let's talk about first of all. Th- this case started off like I'm oh, got a conflict of interest. Okay, all right. Here comes uh, you know, Clayton. I mean, uh, here comes Nathan Wade. All right, he sits down and oh, you know, whatever. He's he 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 was the most thoughtful. They asked, "Did you and Fanny Willis ever attend or have a, a dinner?" He looks up. I know I'm killing dumb doing dead air on radio, but he looks up and he thinks. I mean, no, no, Einstein never pondered. You know, the twins paradox. Like he was asking. Let me see. Then his buddy, who was supposedly there to help. Uh, the uh, oh God, um, you know what I'm talking about the, the 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 man who was who was the his basically his his helper in this who was accused of sexual battery. But here's the best part: all nobody knew who Fanny Willis was. And don't give me this funny crap. It's Fanny. Fanny, be tender with my love. You know how easy it is to hurt me. I think Robert or Maurice Gibbs said or, or Barry Gibbs said it best. So she says she comes in, and all of a sudden it's this. I don't know what you want to call it. Talk to the hand. You know, the, I said, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is this? It was like an airport Karen scene. I thought she was going to fly over. Did you ever see, did you ever see this in a Burger King? You know, uh, and, and I'm sorry, but, but there's always this, this racial component, which it shouldn't be. But, but I mean, had, had, had she been somebody from like the, you know, the, the, the housewives of New Jersey or something, it would have been the same thing. You know, what are you talking about? You know, that very stereotypical. She becomes belligerent. I thought she was going to jump over and start choking um, the the uh, the uh, lawyer. Now, what, what happened was her stories, just, just let me explain something. Remember, gentlemen, the best thing to do is never lie. I know it's, I'm not trying to be admirable. It's just that you you don't have to remember what you said. And chances are your lie really isn't that big of a deal. Just act like it's no big deal. Did you take the money? Yeah. Oh, okay. Were you drunk when you went? Of course. Okay, sure. Don't lie. It's just like you're saying, well, of course. What do you mean? Yes, of course I did. Did, did you steal the money? Yes. Did you soil the carpet? Yes. Okay. That's what she should have done. Were you having sex with, with, with Nathan Wade? Yes. What the hell does this have to do with Donald Trump? What does that have to do? It's, it's, I mean, it's not like it's in the middle of the trial. 
that's what I would have said. With all due respect, she might have some problems with the with the electorate of Fulton County. She might have had a problem with the Bar Association. But what the hell does this have to do with whether or not Donald Trump committed racketeering? What difference does it make? But oh no, she had to go. She had to explain. Here's the best part. I had to leave my house. Now, I don't want to do any imitations, but because she didn't know what hoarding was. What was that? Hoarding. What? Oh, I thought you said something else. I'm thinking, I can't believe it. What you talking about, Willis? I can't believe this, this dialogue. She knew what hoarding was. They asked her, did you, they, they asked, uh, do you travel to Belize? Is that in this continent? I'm sorry. I don't know what a continent is. What's a continent? You know, incontinent, when you can't control your bladder. What are you talking? Who is this? This is a woman who went to Howard University, Emory Law School. She she doesn't know continents and, you know, she doesn't know anything. She knows. I mean, I'm thinking, oh, my God. So anyway, so she's telling this story. I had to leave. I had to leave my house because I was threatened. Threatened by gay. Threatened by MAGA people? Well, no. But who? You know, people. Uh, people who hate me. So I had to move. And on my 50th birthday, I'll never forget that. There I was by myself on my 50th birthday because I had to leave because my life was being threatened. So I had to move out. So who was there instead? My father, my seven-year-old father who worried about COVID before there was COVID. He was anticipatory. He could view, he saw the future. He was vatic. He was pythonic. He could read the entrails of the beast. He knew COVID was coming before anybody even knew it because he was a traveler. So he was there. So you left your father there? Yes. You, women, you were worried about your own safety? Yes. You weren't afraid of some marauding Zeta cartels coming in there and firebombing this house while your old man was in there? Never thought about that at all. So I had to go instead and hang out at this sublet. So did you and did you and Wade do it? I don't know about that. Did you have a security contingent there? No. Wait a minute. Hold it. You, women, what? You, you didn't have a, no. This story doesn't make any sense. The father, please let me do this. They said, now, now imagine, gentlemen, I don't know about you, but have you ever had been on a date in your life with a woman? And uh, after you're done, she says, how much did you pay for this? Well, for the 50, 100, okay, hang on. 100, 1, 2, 15, that, that's for the travel. What about the room? I'll pay you back cash for that. Airfare, do you tip, do you tip the bell guy? I'm throwing a couple. What about this gas? Okay, here you go. Here's the money. What does that make you? If you're paid, I, I think we all know what the word is. Now, here's this poor guy, Nathan Wade, who basically was suffering from prostate problems, or as you say in the South, prostate. And he can't get it working. So he's already emasculated before the entire world. Here's this, this brave man. So you couldn't you couldn't do the nasty, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So uh, no, no lead in the pencil, huh? No? Okay. All righty. So there he is, emasculated, impotent, doesn't pay for his... <laughs> Doesn't even pay for his for his trips. So anyway, so they said, so you had cash? Yes, I did. I had cash. Where'd you get the cash from? Oh, from my campaign account. From your what? So before this, the father shows up and says, Your Honor, excuse me. I don't want to sound racist. He's white. Everybody's white. Uh, Floyd, the father, is black. He doesn't want to sound racist. He goes, but it's a black thing. You see, we have to say, we, we pay cash. I told my daughter, I said, you always have at least six months in cash. Gentlemen, do you have six months of reserve in cash? I don't answer your business. Not, not in the checking account, in cash, in like a safe. Six months of 
What? What? What is this? The, the the cartels? You've got cash? What is this? Scarface? So he tells this story. This is the best one. Years ago, I was in Harvard University. Why? I don't. Know. It's just there. And I was at a place. I forget what it was. And it was. And we we're having breakfast. And my daughter was three. She was young. And I was with her then mother. So it came time to pay the bill. It was like nine seventy five. I had my American Express for a ten dollar bill. They wouldn't take it. I guess because he's black. I had a visa. They wouldn't take it. I had traveler's checks. We had this thing called traveler's checks. And they wouldn't take it. So I scrounged up $10. And I knew then. I told my daughters, don't you ever go out without cash. I don't even know what this story means. What are you talking about? What the hell is anybody talking about? All of this could have been over had she said, yes, I had sexual relations with Mr. Wayne. Okay, that's it. But no, we find that about, we find that about Wade's impotence, the law partner who, I'm not even going to go into that. Each one a moron, a moron, a, a gibberish spewing, and then the queen of arrogance. This case turns into, and Donald Trump is, says, says, yes, finally, something, something is going my way. Fine. And that was a serious, that was racketeering. Now, gentlemen, let me ask you, what do they do with this piece of dog? What do they do with it? Well, they could send it off to this prosecutor's counsel. Prosecutors are going to say, don't give this to me. No, no, you have to take it. Wait a minute, you're a Democrat. You want to charge, uh, you, you want to go after Trump? No, because if I lose, what about you? You're a Republican. Do you want to prosecute Trump for racketeering? No, you can dismiss it. Nobody wants to do that. This case is going nowhere. She's going to step down. She's going to be disqualified. It's done. And this really woman so. is now looking at the IRS looking at the bar, looking at uh, uh, ethical consideration. And and this poor Wade walks out of there. By the way, he's still married, still married. And on his interrogatories, they ask him, were you having sex with a woman during your marriage? He says, well, not really, because you see, my idea of marriage, once she cuckolded me in 2015, wait a minute, you, it, marriage is not what you think it is. It's it. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is the greatest show ever. This makes OJ uh, nothing. And this is a stupid little hearing about whether they, she should be conflicted out. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. But let me ask you, Lionel, do you really think that this judge, who seemed kind of, frankly, just like he was kind of rocked back on his heels with what he was witnessing, as we all kind of were, do you think that he's going to have the testicular fortitude to say, yeah, I'm bouncing you off of this case? Do you oh, think yeah, that's going to really? Oh, yeah. Now, funny, don't talk about testicular fortitude with Wade. Poor guy. He's just, I mean, this guy. Remember <laughs> the joke? Even an egg takes three minutes. But, you know, no, he's going he's gonna to have to do it. And, what, and the reason why I think he's going to do it is he's sitting back and he says, anything else? Anything else? As a lawyer, I will tell you, when the judge ever tells you, anything else? Anything else? Go ahead. Anything else? I said, I'm dead. He's giving me all the, he's letting me have the final word. Anything else? Any summary? You want to make a note? Want to wave goodbye to your family? Anything Anything else I can do before I pound you? Oh, it's done. I mean, it is, it is through. But what she has done, this goes to show you. And by the way, what do you think if you were Sidney Powell? You know, release the Kraken. Still trying to figure out what the hell the Kraken is. It's a sea monster or something. And what Sidney Powell or Jenna Ellis, these others who pled guilty, I think Rudy might, I don't know if, the, if Rudy's involved in this thing, but... But Trump's sitting back and he says, I'm doing great. 
I mean, I'm, I, I'm, this, this has gone nowhere. And by the way, that was a very serious offense, racketeering. It, 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 so anyway, what happens to her? But gentlemen, I have never in my life, I've, I, I, I've seen cases unravel. But this was a little collateral issue about oh, conflicting. It would have been nothing. They would have said, okay, listen, he had an affair. Did did you do anything that would, and the, the issue was, did you, by the way, um, uh, one of the, oh, I can't remember her name, her, her husband, they were a husband and wife team on the defense. Okay, fine. Is there anything that affected President Trump's uh, uh, getting a fair trial? Was there any due process problems? Anything that would interfere with this? Okay. You know, maybe not a good idea, but think about it. What What did that have to do with Trump? Well, now, oh my God, it's just, we don't even care about this. Now it's let's get Fanny. And the best is when women reported, I don't know if this is true, that she had her dress on backwards. Now, I don't know if this is true. I Joe, saw that. But they, but, they, yeah. but, but, if, but if ever the last nail in the coffin, your dress is on backwards, I rest my case. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that too. Um, I also saw the fact checkers try to come into her rescue and say, no, 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 at Amazon, there's a right. front zip version of this dress. But that that was a little shaky to me. The other thing, she had the American flag uh, hung oddly. She had a, a, a lapel pin, American flag hanging, um, you know, uh, strangely. It wasn't, I don't know did if you, that was did you, did you gentlemen notice, I, I forget what it was, MSDNC or one of these, these, uh, Radical left commie networks. I have no idea. Anyway, but but they they were trying their best to salvage her, and and you heard these uh, two uh, women say, it "Was incredible the amount of courage she has standing up yeah. to the forces of." <laughs> say, she's an obstinate, arrogant idiot. She is a she is a buffoon. Now the 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 best case after that is Tiffany Henyard. Now, I know you're not getting into this one. This is the mayor of Dalton, Illinois, in a little village. She makes like 300 k a year, and they're going to repossess the police cars. Now, let me say something. As you know, a lot of times, race and whatever, and I'm sorry to say this, but I think you've seen this. Whenever there is the first Asian, the first Muslim, the first African, the first uh, Italian who is a judge or a doctor of this, sometimes they are held to almost a higher standard because all eyes are on you. I want people to understand that in my years of practicing law, I've practiced with everybody you can imagine. This is in no way in, uh, indicative or emblematic of anything, whether black women, women, People from Georgia, the South, nobody, nobody acts like this. But right now, people are saying, oh, she's a Soros appointee. Maybe, maybe not. She's a DEI. I don't know. This has nothing to do with affirmative action. This is just arrogant, a power-hungry lunacy. And it's sad how people are sitting back. And I think in some cases, not here, mind you, but others are taking delight in the fact that, see, they what happened? Eh? What do you mean? I'm just saying, see? No, no, she is an aberration, period. And that's the sad part. But it, I cannot wait. Now the judge is going to issue a decision. Oh, remember when, when she wasn't supposed to be, it's called the rule of sequestration. You can't listen to other people's testimony and then go back into court and say, yeah, judge, like he said. No, it doesn't work like that. So you have to swear, I'm not going to be listening. She was outside of the room and then busted back in and said, I want to answer a question. What he said, huh? How do you know that? Um... I don't know. I'm gifted, like my father, who can 
anticipate COVID years in advance. I mean, it's one lie after another. Yeah, yeah. Lionel, real quickly, we're down to less than a minute, but did she put her, she put herself did she put herself in danger by saying that she took campaign funds and did this with them? Criminal exposure, tax exposure, IRS, bar, perjury. I, I, I mean, her, her driver's license has probably been uh, 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 put in jeopardy. I mean, this says it remains to be seen, gentlemen. It remains to be seen. Indeed. All right, Lionel, thank you so much. Always appreciate your expertise. It's always a pleasure. Lionel Nation on Isn't it? YouTube. All right. Thanks, Lionel. We'll see you next time. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT.